Hello everyone, Eric Watson here, freelance writer, player of games, writer, board, recorder of videos, and a tabletop role-playing aficionado. Welcome to the Monday edition of Bye Bye Weekly Behind-the-Scenes DM-only livestream of Crafting the Deep, which I build right and prepare for our next session of Call from the Deep. If you're playing characters like Gotwald, Max Avra, or Toro, this stream is not meant for you, but the rest of you, if you're okay with spoilers, you are welcome. We stream our D&D sessions live on YouTube every Friday. You can join our official Discord server with invite link into the description below. If you'd like to support the channel, please check out patreon.com slash roguewatson. For our campaign, we use Roll20.net for streaming. I use OBS Studio. I have devastating news. The bowl of Halloween candy that I've sat in front of me on my desk is very, very low. It's very low. There's a lot of Halloween candy still in the pantry, though. <laughs> I just took the best one, the dad candy, which is Almond Joys, 100 Grands, uh, those dumb dumb suckers. Twix, Kit Kats. I, I like all the crunchy, the, well, the Nestle Crunch. Anything that's got a crunch to it. Although I will say, I thought I really liked Hundred Grands. They're a little chewier than I remember, so maybe I'm backing off of my caramel. And I never did like Milky Ways because that's too caramely. Snickers, I think, is kind of your basic good nutty candy bar. It's a good. It's like a. I don't know. Snickers is like a granola bar with chocolate. It's just <laughs> the difference between a granola bar and a chocolate bar is just the ratio of chocolate to nuts. I think I do have candy. I know we're very careful because my oldest has the biggest sweet tooth and I literally have to put the candy like high up to where we dole it out like treats, you know, after eating meals and stuff. Cause otherwise it will be gone, completely gone. <laughs> We have so much to talk about. Holy crap. Um, now that they're on the island of Gunderland, now that we've done our kind of slow episode where I didn't have to go through any of my actual maps or anything that I was preparing for, and now it's all going to be coming to a head. In fact, the very next thing that's going to happen, which we talked about last week, is just a straight-up random encounter. And I actually rolled for this last week on uh, one of the crafting sessions. I forgot which one. But we rolled up uh, Harpies, so why not throw some Harpies at the players? Because pacing-wise, I think it works out. Fourth level, probably one of the last chances you're going to use just a completely random encounter. And I don't know. Yeah, it just felt right. <laughs> I know a lot of a lot of games I'm like trying to lower the amount of random encounters. And this one, I actually throw one in there because I don't think uh, there's opportunity for too many. Now, granted, the rest of the random encounters in the game will probably involve being on the water. And having some kind of unique setup there, but at least that will be a unique setup because it'll be, you know, aquatic encounters. This is just going to be a bunch of harpies in the mountains. We've not fought harpies in a while. I actually triggered the very beginning of this fight uh, at the end of the last session, and I marked them. Thankfully, somebody in the chat had a great uh, plan of actually color coding all of the harpies by, uh, and I just used my usual numbering system, but I used a different color for each one, and therefore I can mark. Uh, on the player tokens, which color, so that I can match which one is being charmed by which harpy. Because I realized what a pain in the ass that's going to be to try to track, like, which harpy is luring uh, which player. Um, and that's the best way I can try to do that. So hopefully it'll be pretty fun. I've got um, a split situation here. I rolled up five harpies. This is a map from Gabriel Picard from, I believe, Mountain Pass. Quick Encounters Mountain Pass. Uh, from the Roll20 Marketplace, just a cool kind of switchback setup. We've got dynamic lighting in place where they can see down, but they can't see up. And uh, I've got two harpies up here. Probably just going to use maybe like a 10-foot difference. It's not going to be like a huge mountains or anything. Uh, but some of them will be trying to climb up here, and others will be basically climbing or falling down, I suppose. I think in the harpies, you do get an extra save if you try to like fall off, but it's not like they're falling to their death. It's just like a 10-foot fall. But still, it just adds some kind of cool dynamic uh, element to it because I think as people suggested why battle harpies and and the luring song if you don't have some kind of interesting terrain uh, that you can work with otherwise I don't know if I should just allow the songs to take place and not even have the harpies swoop in and attack because weirdly they don't have any range attacks they don't have flyby so like once they fly in and attack somebody um, they're just kind of locked in until they die or until I guess they disengage but I've got enough harpies where I could do that if I wanted to. I could have like the, the two charmers here sit there and keep charming. I could start off with having another one try to lure and just, you know, start triggering all of these wisdom saves until everybody's charmed and moving towards or breaking it up. That's that's probably the more interesting thing to do, actually, versus having a bunch of harpies swoop in and, and attack for no reason. This is the burn icon I'm using. I believe this is from the Dragonlance 
uh, art token pack, which has been my go-to because there's just so many pictures of random people in the Dragonlance book, especially uh, humans. So I usually look up that token pack to try to find images for random NPCs. So that's Burn. We also need to talk about Burn because I did successfully get him to join the party as an NPC. Uh, now, of course, I need to freak out about when to actually do his thing. I've teased the fact that he's suffering greatly from a problem. Unfortunately, the players don't know that that problem is that he's been implanted with a Mind Flayer Tadpole. Uh, I think that's under Sawagan Attack. Burn, let's see. Tied up in the Coracle is a teenager named Burn Rhyme Wave. He is an anxious fisherman completely out of his depth. Burn was attacked by the Sawagan while fishing off Gunderland Shore with his parents. Sea Devil swarmed aboard and knocked him out. He doesn't know what happened to his family. Burn is racked with nerves and tries as hard as possible not to leave the character's sight until he's returned home to Fiskerbach. Vern was being taken to the crash site by the Sawagan because he's been implanted with a Mind Flayer tadpole. The implementation causes a process called seromorphosis, which transforms a humanoid into a Mind Flayer. The process typically takes 10 days, but varies depending on the individual. You can delay the transformation to the characters a higher level at the end of this chapter, or if they return to Gunderland in the following chapters. So, uh, as much as I, as much as I like having this ticking time bomb with the players, it's also a question of, it's unfortunate that the designer doesn't actually give any hints, um, on when to unleash it. Whereas if you recall, I had another ticking time bomb with, uh, Reese's character in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden who could have the, uh, the chest burster pop out. And I believe Somewhere in that book, it actually gave you some suggestions on uh, where to trigger that scene, which was pretty helpful. I think there were at least two or three uh, spots specifically where it's like, hey, if it doesn't happen, go ahead and trigger that that bursting scene here. Uh, there's nothing like that here. So it's up to me to figure out when I want to do this. How long do I want to have burn with the players versus do I just want to trigger his big thing sooner rather than later? So it kind of ties up his little thread, which is just a to basically just tease the fact that, oh shit, there's some really fucked up stuff going on. And then also a question is, what does seromorphosis look like in terms of, is it just like, poof, now you're a mind, now you're a fully fledged mind flare, and now the, all of a sudden the party's fighting a fucking mind flare as the first time they fight one? Or is it more of just this horrifying moment where he's just like morphing and mutating and maybe tentacles bursting out and the player's you know, maybe they roll a save for madness or something along those lines. And in fact, I think there's, oh, where was that? There's a bit in this book where uh, I think it's a deep scion. Shoot, I don't know if I can find that now. I want to say, no, it wasn't random encounters. Uh, it was in chapter two, no, chapter three. Where they were talking about all, yeah, all these different areas. I swear I wrote this down somewhere because I loved this scene. It was so creepy. Yeah, there it is. Cloak, I wrote this down in my notes. Cloakwood Deep Scion Ritual. So let's look up uh, Cloakwood. If the character is attacked, the Deep Scion undergoes a hideous transformation. Skin blotches the patches of blue-black bruising with spreads across its entire body. Its fingers come claw-like and web. Fins and tentacles pierce its skin. Its cheek peels open, reeling row to... That's something else I could do. Is I could have him turn into a deep scion instead of a mind flare. Although I get... Hmm. How does one become a deep scion? <laughs> but that would be equally horrifying. Any character that sees that this is the key though. Any character that sees the transformation must succeed in DC 15 whiz saving throw or gain a random form of short-term madness to remind rolling on the short-term madness table. Well, short-term madness. That's a tricky one, because if you're not gonna do combat, I guess it just it could mean only certain characters could respond. Uh a deep scion would be a lot more doable than a mind flare, at least, if I wanted to go the deep scion route. By the way, uh hello to Sylvan, Christopher James. Uh, Morgan, Demnix, nice. You got that DSL. <laughs> Love how Americans say caramel instead of caramel. Yeah, we do. I, I've heard both ways. In fact, I, it may be even a regional thing uh, in the parts of uh, the U.S. But uh, I've only ever heard it caramel in in my region. But like on TV and stuff, I've heard it different ways. 
I'll say the one I really hear a lot that goes either way is route or root. I hear people use that completely interchangeably, which throws me off. I always say route. Have you seen the BG3 trailer? Yes, um, I, I did. In fact, I believe I might have even... Well, I know I did a, a, a stream of my first playthrough of BG3, but I think I want to say I even did my live reaction to the first trailer uh, here on the channel, which was awesome. But yeah, I mean, obviously I picture this like very... It's not poof, you're a, you're a mind flayer. It, it's this creepy, like, you know, very almost classic monster movie, like transformation of just nastiness. And I like the fact that people have to literally make a save for madness. My problem is, and, and I guess the... Um, the designer does allude to the fact that, like, hey, they probably shouldn't be fighting a Mind Flayer yet. Although, they're about to run into a Mind Flayer when they go to Bronzo Mine. We have to talk about Bronzo Mine as well. Because there's a fucking Mind Flayer in there. Although, I, I could do the villain thing of having the Mind Flayer, you know, summon a bunch of minions and, and fuck off out of there. Because that's just kind of what villains do, I guess. Rather than try to make the players attack him. Or I could weaken him somehow. Or I could just say, fuck it, there's a Mind Flayer in there. Good luck. Assholes. <laughs> I haven't upset the balance too much in this one. If you've noticed, I haven't been overly generous with magic items. I've done a few, uh, but you know they're, they're fourth level and they only barely have a few, you know, a few magic items here and there. I have given them a chance to buy a lot of potions for sure. So that's that's the burn issue. Is I'm trying to figure out when to unleash the transformation, mainly because the earliest I would do it would be pretty soon which would be in Fiskerbach. They defeat this harpy encounter, and uh, which I would have Burn just be immune to the songs for DM reasons, but you know his madness makes him immune, which I think is pretty fun. Uh, and then they arrive in Fiskerbach. He goes to his home. He sees that everything's been ransacked. He's still addled. And then, like, maybe when he walks into his house, that's when, like, the transformation takes place. He, like, screams. He gets really upset. And then his, like, skin splits apart and does all the crazy shit and... He either turns into a, a a mind flare or a deep scion. I feel like if he goes mind flare, it's almost too early to do that. What is a deep scion? Uh, this is a a cloakwood deep scion. I don't know if that's the same. I thought a deep scion was a CR three. It's a crazy cool looking creature though. It's the it's the mouth is uh reminds me of the Del Toro blade too the like super vampires that split their mouth open so cool <laughs> yeah CR three yeah the cloakwood deep signs a lot stronger jeez cracking embossed breastplate this thing's like a boss version okay a regular deep scion six seven hit hit points eleven armor air and water multi attack. Would not have its battle axe if it did that. One bite and two claw attacks. That's one way of making it weaker. In fact, its bite and claw are a lot weaker than the battle axe. Oh, interesting. Or I could have it just do its psychic screech when it transforms as a free thing. That's always... I think that's a fun way of balancing uh, big fights, too, is kind of let the enemy get, like, a free hit off <laughs> right at the start of combat. In this case, the free hit would be using its Psychic Screech. Deep Scions begin lives with people who are stolen from shore, safe from sinking ships, and offer a terrible bargain by undersea power. Surrender, body and soul, or drown. Those who submit are subjected to an ancient ritual widespread among evil aquatic creatures. Method are painful and the result never certain, but when it works, the magic transforms an air-breathing person into a shapeshifter that can take on an aquatic form. A deep sign emerges from the depths in service to their underwater master, which is likely a kraken or some other ancient being of the deep. Wearing the mind and body of the person that were once were as a sort of mask, the creature is bent on filling their master's desire. Sometimes a deep sign returns to their former home and expectedly found alive when all hope was lost. Sometimes a deep sign takes on a new identity. Infiltrate the air-breathing world and report back to their master. When set to this task, deep sign worms their way into the life of an unexpected enemy as a new friend, lover, perfect candidate for jobs in the role. So it can completely turn into just a person, or it can transform, yeah, change shape, uh, human-like, or a hybrid form, humanoid piscine. So I guess you could always have a deep scion look differently. This is just kind of a fishy 
version of it, but they could always be just any kind of fish. It's basically a were fish, <laughs> if you will. Creature believes their true form is a shape they take when they return to the sea they think of as home. Ironically, over a deep scion that is killed when their Piscean form is stripped of the magic that enabled them to transform them by a corpse of the person the deep scion once was. Huh. Well. Hmm. I don't know. I think the deep scion, him transforming into a deep scion. At the very least, I could use. Yeah, where squid? The stat block of a deep scion. I just think that's going to be more appropriate. Otherwise, if I don't do that, then Burn stays with them. He doesn't transform, but he stays with them like throughout multiple dungeons, just being a weirdo. I feel like I have to follow up on his thing pretty quick. And unfortunately, if if he now if he goes to the crash site, then I could trigger a transformation at the crash site, which would be pretty cool. If they go to Bronzo Mine, I don't know if I'd want to trigger it because they've already got a Mind Flayer there to deal with as a big boss fight. So because it's going to be a bit open, whereas I know they're going to go to Fiskerbach next. So I may just have them go to Fiskerbach. Oh, that means i got to fucking put a map together though if I want to do this. I guess I could do like a house, like a small house map if it's going to take place inside this room. Well, I guess i got to do like the room in the surrounding area. Uh, maybe Slapdown Village would be good here. I want to make this encounter also. So what, what do we think about changing uh, Burns, Ceramorphosis? I mean, because Deep Scions are involved in the plot here. Um, presumably they're agents of the Kraken, and since Zelix 4 takes over, now they are uh, agents of Zelix 4 slash Kraken. Can people be transformed into Deep Scions? Yes. Can they be unwillingly transformed into Deep Scions, where it takes a while like Ceramorphosis? My, my players don't know the lore of D&D, so it's whatever I make it. Uh, so I could say yes. I could also describe it where they're not sure if it's a Mind Flayer or not, and just use the stat block of a Deep Scion to where he's just still using his maybe Bite and Claw, which admittedly is not the most impressive stats. What is this? Uh, he can he can do one bite two and oh one bite and two claw attacks okay so plus six to hit and he can do an average of six seven seven but if I start off with a psychic screech with everybody's make a DC thirteen wiz saver be stunned until the end of the deep silence next turn that's pretty cool because I mean let's face it even if you want to try to make this a scary fight uh, uh it's four against one right like there's so maybe I'm but but I don't I feel like doing a mind flare this early is tipping my hand. I don't wanna I don't wanna leash a mind flare on them until they've at least been to Bronzo Mine or uh, the crash site first. So if I do want to have him transform in Fiskerbach, which I kinda like just because it, it wraps up this loose end that I just created, then I think having him transform into Deep Scion would be cool. But it still gets the whole like body horror you know, kind of Cthulhu weird shit going on and, and the fact that he was suffering from something and then it clearly, like, I don't even know how to... I don't, I don't think I'd describe it as something bursting out of him, but him, like, literally transforming into something else. Yeah, which, I mean, maybe in a way the Deep Scion could make... He's got, like, summoning sickness, transformation sickness. Yeah. I mean, I don't, because a Mind Flayer, if he doesn't have a stun attack, what good are you? I guess Mind Flayer has spells, too. Yeah, he's got that awful deadly Mind Blast. Spells, Plane Shift, uh, Levitate, Dominate Monster. And then just doing the tentacles, which the tentacles can stun you. But it only gets the one attack. Yeah, DC 15 intelligence here will be stunned if the grapple ends. Yeah. Honestly, I think. Yeah. I think the Deep Scion's gonna be more fun though, in this case, right? Rather than a weakened mind flare. I could still make it so he's got like squid-like features, they might think mind flare, which is fine. Or maybe it is a mine, you know, it's whatever, but I could still use the Deep Scion just because 
it's got more attacks and just feels more melee oriented versus this guy. If you neuter his spells and mind blast, you really neuter what this creature is. Except for, I guess, the the stunning thing. Grapple, escape DC 15, and then a DC 15 intelligence saber be stunned until the grapple ends. That's nasty. It also has a lot of damage. Just the one attack. Yeah, and I'm I'm a I'm a fan of taking creatures and then modifying the shit out of them so players don't exactly know what to expect. Like clearly it's not gonna be wearing a breastplate, for example. Uh in fact, what is the deep sounds AC is an AC of eleven makes a lot more sense. Hit points are actually pretty close between the two. So the main thing, if you use the Deep Scion, and again, I love the fact that you could use that Psychic Screech, and maybe instead of Madness, he does that Psychic Screech, and everybody has to uh, just save against that. Versus uh, him having the stunning... So it'd be a one-time stun versus just stunning occasionally on his turn. I, I don't know, the multi-attack just seems better to me than having the one giant tentacle attack, but... You could even give him, like, ghoul uh, paralyzing claws if you really wanted to get crazy with it. Or, like, a paralyzing bite or something. I could create a whole unique stat block if I wanted to. Some kind of, maybe even combination of the two. Hmm. Interesting. Let's look up. We still need a map for, what is it, the Fiskerbach house? Not that the uh, Rhyme Wave house in Fiskerbach. Uh, Gabriel Picard has a good one called, I think it's Slap Downtown, I want to say. Slap Downtown. Uh, yeah. Slap Downtown Village. Slap Downtown Port. I don't think Port would actually work here. House is too big. If I literally just wanted a house, now well, that's that actually might be able to work. So I'm manufacturing even more combat encounters now before our big thing, but and they'll they'll still I still plan on having the Aldani and Fiskerbach as well. Add page. Or is this too much? Should I instead not have him transform and just hold on to him for a while, have him still just suffer from some unknown malady until some future point that I haven't determined? <laughs> flooded houses. I don't think that's what I want necessarily. I don't think they'll be flooded. Probably be on a beach. Warehouse. This is just good. We need interior rooms. A duplex. Might be a bar. Could be somebody's home. Maybe I should have just looked at. A regular village versus a port. Ooh, dilapidated. No, that wouldn't be that dilapidated. I did see that Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, the uh, the Game Awards um, nominations came out, I believe, right? For uh, December. That's always fun to watch. to get a bunch of new trailers and stuff. I always like uh, Jeff Keighley bringing some fun energy. passionate about games and making a legit award show, which I think he's done. But yeah, I, I fully expect Baldur's Gate 3 to kick ass. I think it is... It really just came out of nowhere for a lot of folks, even though it's ironically been in early access for years. But I think a lot of people just didn't expect it to be as good as it's been. 
and to have such explosive popularity and for people that are yearning for really great RPGs, including like, I think you have to go back to like the golden age of Bioware, probably like the late nineties, early two thousands to get back to that really good, like crunchy CRPG goodness. Now we, we kind of went back to that a little bit in the post Kickstarter craze a couple years ago. And we had our uh, Pillars of Eternities, the Shadow Runs, the Divinity Original Sins, which was uh, also Larian Studios. So we've kind of been in the thralls of a of a renaissance of awesome CRPGs, which has been really fun to see as a longtime fan of that genre. And I think uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is probably the best of all of those and you take all of that and then give it this just incredible budget that they've done so well with using they've put it in all the right places and you can play the whole thing multiplayer it's just bananas how cool that is and it's introducing it's probably introducing D 5e to a lot of people as well which uh fun facts uh our dm roundtable topic is gonna be Baldur's gate 3 it's gonna be fun Oh, it's not available on X still? Damn. I did I did know they have to delay the Xbox because they couldn't get I think it's specifically the, the co-op that they couldn't get uh functioning very well, which is a huge bummer. Yeah, Sylvan. Three years of early access is nuts. It's nuts, but it, it really worked for them. I I don't think it's gonna work for everybody. You have to be the right developer, you have to be able to Filter all that feedback from the community because not everybody's going to come at you with good ideas. And uh, yeah, really get your nose to the grindstone. And gosh, it's it's impressive that they they did it all right, basically. Like, I don't see anywhere that they faltered. And I mean, Sven is just such a fucking delight every time he goes up and accepts a reward or something. That whole team is just so freaking awesome. I still need to play more of my single-player game. I'm, I'm having a blast just playing it uh, with our uh, co-op playthrough. It's been so much fun having that be the, the go-to friend game. This is just a generic village, isn't it? Slap downtown village. Can I just get a home? Eight by six home. I don't need anything fancy. I don't want stone. Uh, wood would probably make it. There we go. Just, well, not that many beds, but whatever. Just do this one like six by six. Is that too small? I think I usually have to double his size. I take, yeah, because this has to be way larger. So this is currently six by seven. Let's make it 12 by 14. Show the map layer. There we go. That looks like a normal proportioned house. And then it gives you a big space to work with and I could throw some stuff in. It'd be a really tiny map, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. I think they won uh, seven awards, I think. Which was pretty awesome. And did you see uh, Starfield didn't even get nominated at the Game Awards? A fucking Bethesda RPG. Didn't even get the game of the year. I, I'm not. They probably got nominated for something, but they did not get nominated for game of the year. I guess is what I should say, which is crazy. And yes, I have played Starfield. Uh, it came with my video card. <laughs> I played maybe ten hours of it and thought it was okay, which is weird. It's it's just it's kind of Fallout in space, and it that that gameplay feels kind of archaic. 
Like, I don't know, game design has evolved over the years, and Bethesda is like, you guys like Skyrim, right? <laughs> you still fucking love Skyrim, right? Like, yeah, I mean, technically. Three, four, five, six, seven. Let's just assume they're gonna fight inside the house. It's a weird, there we go, kind of bug on roll 20 where you have to like change the size. Okay, now we've got a house. Need to put the burn and the party in here. I guess there'd be windows. I don't have to turn off dynamic lighting like this. Yeah, I'm just gonna turn turn it back on. Oh, gosh. Daylight mode can be on. It's fine. It'll be during the day. Oh crap! There's chests on this map. Players want to open those. <laughs> Damn it. And yeah, there's too many beds in here. But whatever. I, I can invent maybe a sister or something for him. Brother, I don't know. If you're building as an evening's blade, there is a lot of content. Yeah, it's it's intimidating. I I talk about it, but it's 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 kind of spoilery to discuss anything because part of the joy in that game is discovering everything and just gosh, all the story stuff, all the the cool checkboxes they do with D. It's it's really a joy if you know the Forgotten Realms and D and D. Uh, system and everything like just the fun things they do with that and play around with all those different toys in that toy box is just fantastic all right burn what are you gonna be are you gonna be a deep scion or a mind flare or just something unique completely unique i guess i could make him a multi-sided token but it feels like it's overkill for a one-use dude uh, does Deep Scion exist in here? I'm sure it does. It probably doesn't have art with it. So I'm gonna close that one. Close that. Where are my creatures at? Uh, yeah, it does not have art. Alright, so we're gonna have to take this one. And... Because I do need the bad thing is because we're playing on a VTT and this is going to be combat. I'm going to need a token to represent. What's a different kind of mind flare tokens I can use? That's too. All the mind flare ones are too obviously mind flare. Dude, that mind flare's got like abs. <laughs> Damn. Bro does not miss the gym. Or he eats a lot of gym people. <laughs> That's a that makes a cool token though. That's almost worth using the token. You can't quite tell what the fuck's going on there. He's like he's like got another mind flare by the scruff too. I don't know what's going on there. Slightly stronger mind flare. He's not even actually more swole. It's just I don't know. That token is just hilarious to me. <laughs> oh yeah, they had a new uh, mind flares in uh, Shattered Obelisk. Maybe that's the only one. Mind flare profit. Uh, that one and the clairvoyant. Are the two they added. Because uh, Mind Flayers are also the big bads of that one. There you go, if you wanted multiple tokens. Mind Flayer Assassins. Although, I also really like the token for the Deep Sign. The Deep Scone! So deadly. That's neat. Monster Manual Expanded is a cool... Uh, an alternate deep scion, although it's 
actually the same design just with swords and for some reason it, it does the whole body as a token versus the face huh hmm <laughs> well I like that Mind Flayer token. Keep the players guessing. They don't know what the fuck. This one, this Mind Flayer Prophet. I think very nicely you couldn't quite tell what it was from the token. So let's drag you onto the map. Actually, can I? What's the best way to do that? I guess I, un, I take your token. Yeah. And I unlink you from the Mind Flayer Prophet. And instead, you know what? I'm going to call you. Do I have Burn on here? Uh, burn is not his own stat block. <laughs> I could make Burn his own stat block. Or, yeah, I should just make him his own stat block. So let's take the Deep Scion and let's duplicate, 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 duplicate it. And we'll make our own custom version of some kind of mutant mind flare that I'm trying to create. That I'm probably going to spend too much time on because. It's, again, a four versus one, and it's more about the freak-out moment. It's almost more of a cutscene than a combat fight, but we're still doing it, damn it. All right, so, wait, let's go back to copy of Deep Scion. We're going to change you to... Burn? <laughs> What's happening? all your defaults uh, you are the creature formerly known as burn mutant burn okay so I don't think any other stuff is visible for the players so I'm using the base Stat block of a Deep Scion. So it's got all those stats. Hit points, armor class, works fine. We obviously need to delete his battle axe. He's not going to have any weapons. So he's just going to have Mind Scion, yeah. The Bite and Claw, but we could... I, I do like the fact that instead of having this be something he does once, he does this when he transforms. So, if I literally wanted to represent that. I'll put it in here, I guess. Make that Make that like a trait. Burn transforms. He emits a terrible scream audible within 300 feet. Creature within 30 feet of, the deep of, of him. <laughs> 16 DC 13 wisdom saving. There will be stunned until the end of his next turn. In water, this screech also still like transmits the deep silence during the last 24 hours. Magical. Okay, that's not here. Uh. Or, if I wanted to play around, I could I could do the short-term madness thing, because that's what uh, my original inspiration was for the that Cloakwood deep sign. And kind of when they first see a transformation, they have to roll on short-term madness. Stunned is probably, well, I know it's like the worst thing that can appear on short-term madness, I believe. Well, I guess unconscious is slightly worse. <laughs> Should have short-term madness on here somewhere. Yeah, technically unconscious is slightly worse than stunned. A lot of them are just goofy, though. It's like you just do... Wait, it depends on how much the players want to RP that. 
Like incapacitated is bad. Paralyzed is bad. Locking down spell casting, becoming frightened, and use your reaction. And movement to flee. That's yeah, that's pretty bad. Attack the nearest creature. I guess it's only yeah, okay. Shorter madness is stronger than I thought. A lot of these are pretty bad for combat. So I think I might change this to short-term madness. And I may up the DC for funsies, because why not? So let's say DC 15 wisdom saving throw. Or suffer form of short-term madness. Till the end. Now, now the weird thing is, because it's happening. I need to change it because if it's happening at the start of combat and the deep scion goes early, then it would end at the end of the deep scion's turn and people would automatically have it wear off. So I can't have that. So it's going to have to be it's a pretty short term madness until the end of that creature of that creature's turn. So it would just be a one a one turn short term madness, which is not nearly as bad as the last one d ten minutes. Right? Or do I change it to make it so you have short-term madness for a minute? And then that could be really locking people down. Hmm. That might be too unfun if multiple players have really bad ones. I could see players uh, jolting out of it, but... Because I know when I did my short-term madness as a side effect for the Shardolin is I did only one term, a uh, one turn. Yeah, one turn short-term madness. And that's kind of how I balanced it. That's funny. The deep science, no thieves can't. Let's see that very often where a enemy creature can do that. Yeah, so maybe just a one turn. Short-term madness to the end of that creature's turn. Basically, if you fail, then you suffer the effects of the short-term madness only for your next turn, which could be, yeah, it could completely lock you down, or it could just be you, what is it, you have disadvantage on ability checks, which would really not matter. Uh, except maybe if I'm having people roll initiative, depending on the timing of that, I guess you'd have disadvantage on that. Otherwise, you usually don't make too many ability checks during combat. Okay, so we'll change that, and we'll actually get rid of its Psychic Screech. And then... Uh, let's see, so we change its multi-attack. Makes three attacks, one with its bite, two with its claws, but we could then change based on like a mind flare if we want its bite, for example, to do something bad like stun people. It's real bad, the mind flare. Stunning people is nasty. What does the assassin look like? This is from Monster Manual Expanded. Still has classic tentacles. They have a soul knife. And sneak attack and assassinate. Okay. They all have the same mind blast. Yeah, I wouldn't give them mind blast. Stunned is worth is worse than paralyzed, right? Stunned, you're incapacitated, can't move, can speak only falteringly. Attack rolls against you have advantage. Actually, I think paralyzed might be worse. Yeah, paralyze, attack rolls need to have advantage, and any attack that hits you is a critical hit. Okay. So we don't want to use paralyze necessarily. Hmm. Do I still let his bite stun people? Or his uh, tentacles, I guess, technically, but... Oh, I'm going to delete hybrid form only because they'll see that. 
because you are something else entirely. Yeah, I mean, he's not that scary. Bye, CG. He's not that scary. He's got a chunk of hit points, but pretty much no AC. He would probably fight to the death, although I could have him retreat. And then... That could be interesting, too, actually, if he manages to retreat because he's all fucked up. Like a classic uh, movie monster or something. He just freaks out and then, like, runs into the water and then he can reappear during the Wreck of the Golden Crown. Uh, that would be cool. I never, I never want to bet on a creature being able to survive. But uh, he does not have to fight to the death. Otherwise, I borrow from, like, the ghoul and allow his, like, claws to paralyze, which is... Which can be pretty nasty. I think all the mind flayers have that tentacle attack. Grappled. Grappled doesn't do anything but reduce their ability to move away. Mm. Maybe I could add like a poison effect. Disadvantage attack rolls and ability checks if he bites. If he bites somebody. Yeah, let's do that. Just make him a total custom. Um, target must succeed on a DC 13 con save. Become poisoned for 10 minutes, an hour. I don't know how long. It usually it. That's a pretty good debuff. Disadvantage on ability rolls and attack rolls and ability checks. And it's just his bite, so it'd only be one out of his three attacks. Okay, I think we've got our slightly custom deep scion, basically. Mm, yeah, reactions. Anything he can do when it's not his turn is good. Uh, Morgan, that's a good point. Oh yeah, the mind whip thing is good too. In fact, I think was it the prophet that actually had mind whip? Somebody had mind whip. Yeah, this guy does. Uh, two creatures even sixty feet of itself. Each target must get a DC sixteen. Tell him to take twenty-three average psychic damage of the stunned condition. That's not what mind whip is. Mind whip is the one where it's like you can either do uh, bonus action, action, or react, or what is it? You can't take a reaction. Moreover, on its next turn, it must choose whether it gets a move, action, or bonus action. You know what we could do if we really don't make this kind of a mini boss fight? Is just have that happen as like a layer action, basically at the start of the round. Uh, he automatically does that. That would be pretty cool. I like layer actions a lot more than legendary actions, by the way, because it's just a very clear, okay, every round this happens, and I can keep track of that very easily. Fortunately, I don't think layer actions have a proper place in the character sheet, which bugs the shit out of me. <laughs> Mythic actions does. Can I just write? Okay, let's just run in our Mythic actions then. On initiative 20, losing ties. Uh, hmm. Is this something the players see, though? I don't want to talk too much about this. Psychic force. Use that as a layer action in the Elder Brain fights. I don't remember. I used it. Um, God, I probably did. I don't know if it was the Elder. I know I did it during. It was, um, what was the 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 multi-headed creature 
from the well. I think that's where we use this on. I don't, for some reason, I remember that one. I don't remember if we did it for the older brain or not. I have to actually look up my notes for that. How the fuck do you spell emanates? Emanates. There's no I in emanates. Emanates from burn. Striking a random target. That target must succeed on a DC 13. Move, mind whip. Intelligence, saving throw. I basically just copy and paste this. Now you've got pretty interesting little boss fight here. On a failed save, the target takes 3d6 psychic damage, and it can't take a reaction until the end of the next turn. Moreover, on its next turn, it must choose whether it gets a move, action, or bonus action. It gets only one of three. The bummer is, I don't know if I want to do this the same... Because doing this plus the... Everybody has short-term madness the first round might get a little too much debuffing action on them. So maybe I do it at the end of the round. Is that stupid? Because I've already got this one thing that basically happens before combat occurs. When he transforms, everybody has to make a wisdom saving throw or suffer a form of short-term madness till the end of that till the end of their turn. And then if we start combat and then I also are able to do this effect. That might be too much. Whereas by the time uh, we get down to the end of the initiative, everybody's has, if they've suffered short-term madness, it has worn off. Or I just say it happens the next round, basically, on initiative 20. If I want to give them a little bit of a break. So basically it wouldn't happen until the next round. It has much damage. There's none of the spells that are effects. Yeah, I mean, Mind Whip is just cool, right? It's just, it's a great debuff. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't completely lock down the player, but it gives them a proper uh, kick in the pants. <laughs> I'm a fan of that. I can't actually click this ability, but that's fine. I can just describe what's happening and then type out 3D6 manually and all that. I think one of them was like either you have like the slow effect or yeah i basically looked at a lot of spells where you're like frightened or something and this was i guess one of them okay so there's our mini boss fight when mutant burn transforms so i guess that will actually happen they'll do the harpy fight first they'll go to fiskerbach they'll see a bunch of aldani around there they can hopefully deal with them socially because i don't have a Planned combat encounter for that at all. The Aldani would just flee back into the water if they, you know, whatever. Uh, and then Burn will walk straight to his home. Uh, hopefully they'll... The, the bummer is... If it's a situation where nobody's actually walking with him and they just hear him, like, I don't know, yelling or something and only, like, one person goes in and grabs him and then only that... That would be interesting. And if only the one person, like, sees him transform... Then I start combat with only like one person in the building and he's like, oh shit, I need help. You guys got to make it in here. And then I have everybody. And then maybe the only, only he or she uh, has to make the save against the uh, short-term madness effect. And then everybody else has to spend a round getting to the building. That could definitely happen. I'm not going to create a big combat map to worry about that. I'm still just going to use this building. But it's very possible the players aren't realizing that him walking into the, his own home is going to, yeah, I think we're on the same wavelength with there. Make a freak out, making noise in the house, alerts players, yeah. But again, there might be the chance where somebody's like, I'm not going in there, and then I'll have the combat encounter happen, and they can choose to go in there or just range attack from outside, I guess. But uh, yeah, a little bit of a cool boss fight and a tease. So we've got, let's see, we need to make sure our tokens are set up correctly. 
Let's close all these very many character sheet windows we've got set up. All right, so you are now burn. Burn? Question mark? Um, I believe you only had 11 AC. And I want to say it was like 67 average hit points, which we can... Uh, we can roll for hit points or give them above average because we want them. Because my my rule is I roll randomly unless it's a named uh, a, a named enemy, whether that's a boss or a mini boss or somebody just has a name for whatever reason, and then they get above average. So in this case, I guess it would count for above average hit points for a deep scion. Seventy one. There you go. Same as a mind player, I think. But I like the fact that I'm not using the the literal deep scion tokens my players don't have, or or the original mind flare tokens. My players can't quite meta knowledge uh, this effect. Is a unique problem we have with VTTs. Is I gotta show them something, you know, on the board so they can fight it. Oh shoot! I can't. I need to make this map bigger. I realize I, <laughs> I need to be able to use uh, extra screens. I guess I don't have to. I could just use the GM layer. I don't even have. I don't even have dynamic lighting on this map. I should do something. I think about it. Let's make some walls because I don't really care about windows here. A little bit of immersion, a little bit. There we go. There's some dynamic light. This is Wadeberg. <laughs> Exactly. Did I put these idiots on the map layer? I think I did. Damn it. That's why I didn't have any other stuff on them. There we go. Okay. I'll have to... I, uh, the bad thing is, if, if I need to be able to roll initiative, so I, I really need to make this map bigger, actually. I need extra DM space. There we go. So now if somebody's not on there, I can... Move them off the map. Okay. So, geez, we haven't even talked about Bronze or the crash site yet. I've already got these big things planned for the players. Kind of throwing roadblocks at them before we even get to one of our locations. So, depending on how long these fights go, I mean, we've got the Harpy encounter, which could take a while, depending on the rolls. And then we've got this little mini-boss horror encounter, as Vern uh, will transform into some kind of crazy aquatic creature and possibly not fight to the death he would try to escape if he can uh, mainly it depends on how the fight's going right like if the players are really kicking his ass then he could it feels weird if he disengages and runs um i think they just probably try to kill him or something i don't know what they do to him but if he's winning it's easier for me to be like all right now he's going to pull back and escape while the other players are regrouping so it, it feels weird to have him like retreat if he's losing even though that makes more sense hmm. <laughs> either way we'll, we'll just have to see what the fight goes but between those two things and the shit going on at Fiskerbach uh we may only just get to the entrance of one of our zones which is the crash crash site or bronzo mine which would actually make for a good stopping point when we're going to take off which if i haven't announced that yet um obviously we will not be uh, streaming our regularly scheduled programming the week of Thanksgiving here in the U.S. is uh, next week. So I'll still do... This week will be normal. And then next week, I'm still going to do my Monday evening stream, my time, on the 20th. But I will not be around for the Thursday or Friday. So we'll be on holiday for that. And I guess we'll talk about uh, Crash Site and Bronzo Mine on Thursday because we didn't even get to those. We had... All that other stuff to talk about. All right, I think that will do it for this Monday edition of Crafting the Deep. If you know the content, please do check out patreon.com slash roguewatson. Shoutouts to the Platinum Patrons. Joe, Will, Thomas, Stan, Brandon, Zenocider, David, Eclectic, Roleplay, Role, Christopher, Corey, Coet1337, Big Nut, John, F, John, L, Scott, Eric, Tyler, Nathan, Camp, Crystal Lake, Counselor, Andrew, Daryl, The Raildrun, Captain, 2079, Stephanie, Andy, Patrick, Jason, C, and Jason, T., and gold patrons are BG Papercrafts, Pretty Boy, and Yuma, Desert Lounge, Sam, Lumpy Spuds, Drome, Nathan, Fezzik, Atorda, Scott, Revis, Carolyn, Jerry, and Thomas. Thank you all very much for your support. I will see you all for another crafting on Thursday. Bye.